Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 438th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week, in a week uh, of where do I start, there's so much going on, uh, which we love, but my highlight is the Boston Bruins, New York Islanders riveting series, now tied at 2-2 and returning here to Boston for Game 5 tonight. What an evening in Long Island on Saturday with the Belmont Stakes followed immediately right up the road by Game 4, uh, which was practically transcendent with the first period featuring two fights and offensive onslaughts peppering both goalies. And it was just tremendous television. It really was. Uh, I was in communication with some people in San Diego, who said they were watching, uh, and that just gives you a sense of the uh, reach already of this series. Again, just fabulous stuff, and uh, sure to get better. We're down to the short strokes here, game five, six, perhaps seven, uh, but the Islanders win, to their credit, guaranteed uh, a return to Long Island and watching games from there in the old Nassau Coliseum. Haven't been inside, but I've certainly uh, driven outside. Actually stayed at a hotel right beside it once and uh, covering Jets training camp. And uh, it's a unique place. They're calling it the old barn, and I would say that's pretty appropriate. Um, and they're playing, you know, what I believe to be the final few games there. I think they're moving to Brooklyn, maybe. Um, so anyway, they're squeezing the last few ounces of uh, of Islanders fever from their original playing spot, and it's just awesome to see. And uh, it's just a great series. It really is. It's just uh, Saturday night, the way it just started right off the bat with, you know, Fights and offensive onslaughts was just uh, magical. I was in the local sports establishment, packed with Bruins fans on a Saturday evening and uh, in the middle of a heat wave up here in the, in the 90s, and it was just uh, electric, to say the least. And there's just nothing uh, quite like it. Uh, the Bruins in the Stanley Cup playoffs here in Boston. Uh, it's just electric, the whole city. 
there's just something about hockey, and you can see it on a national scale with just the Stanley Cup playoffs, arguably, you know, the most exciting thing in sports that I think draws its energy from, you know, these uh, series and overtimes, which seem to be, uh, you know, so prevalent. You're in, you're out, and, uh, and it's just really a, a wonderful time. And again, it's especially wonderful when it's like, feels like summer, but yet hockey's, hockey rules. So it's awesome. And here, of course, the Celtics are out. So they have the stage to themselves, no doubt about it. And uh, a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun week here in Boston. It's certainly going to be a fun night tonight because this game is guaranteed here in Boston. Friday night would be game seven uh, here in Boston. So that would be even more magical. So my bizarre story of the week is easily John Rahm on Saturday started off with completing round two where he shot a great completion to that round, including a hole in one. And then he just was electric, one of the shot run of the rounds of his life uh, in the fabulous round three, which was the rest of the day on Saturday after they got round two out of the way in the morning. Uh, this was, of course, at the Jack Nicklaus Memorial Tournament out in Dublin, Ohio. So he shot so well, he had a, ended with a six-stroke lead over uh, Patrick Cantlay and Colin Morikawa, only to be told on the 18th, in full view of the world, uh, that he had tested positive for COVID-19. It was a surreal scene. Uh, he, he basically sunk to his knees. Again, full view of the world. It was right there on live television. So you saw his reaction, which was something you just won't forget soon. That's for darn sure. And uh, and he was basically in tears and just uh, incredible. And then so he's disqualified because he has to go into quarantine. And then Morikawa and Canley put on a show going into sudden death. Uh, yesterday, uh, where Cantlay won on the sudden death first hole, which was replaying the 18th uh, on a Sunday evening, uh, great theater there too, and uh, they were kind of hitting bad shots followed by good shots. So it was very, very exciting to watch, especially those last couple holes where they were going head to head, Morikawa and Cantley, and just uh, incredible stuff. But for sure, what will be remembered for a long, long time will be uh, John Rahm testing positive and, more importantly, his reaction uh, being told literally the moment his putt was done. He hadn't even left the green when PGA officials come out and informed him. And he, as I said, sunk to his knees. Just incredible uh, video, to say the least. Well, my low light of the week is the Dallas Mavericks losing Game 7 to the Clippers. Nothing against the Clippers, uh, but I just wanted more Luka Doncic. Doncic. Uh, it's simply, uh, he's this year's Steph Curry. He's the guy that, you know, you just want to see. You can't get enough of. For me, you know, I'll pay him the highest compliment I can possibly play any basketball player, which is simply, he reminds me of Larry Bird. Uh, being up here in Boston, I had the joy of being uh, 
ringside seat for Bird's career and just uh, incredible. And Doncic brings that exact type of game. There's been a lot of comparisons to, you know, players, you know, with great years, what have you, to Larry Bird. Uh, but nobody's really sustained it. And Doncic, after year two, seems like he will sustain it. And he just plays all facets of the game, shooting, passing, rebounding, you name it. He has it all. If it was baseball, he'd be known as a five-tool player, just like Larry. Uh, but the rest of the playoffs, I mean, the injuries are ruling. It's sad. Michael Wilbon on ESPN has talked about this. Uh, it feels to me, you know, it's pretty grueling at the NBA. And, you know, like they should just shorten the season, drop it to at least 60 games because they're losing their best players. I mean, the Anthony Davis injury flat out decided the series. And the Phoenix Suns, who I love, and I think everybody does, you know, coming out of nowhere after basically for a decade plus being uh, off the radar, are now squarely on the radar with the second best record in the West. Anyway, um, but Anthony Davis's injury dictated that series and completely 100% decided it. And, of course, he was out the last two games, and the Suns absolutely rolled over the Lakers, to put it mildly. And they're a really, really fun team to watch, and the energy in Phoenix is awesome. The Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young are really put, putting on a show. as just other teams that you just love watching. If we're all missing, you know, we're all missing Steph Curry in the playoffs, but Trey Young is uh, proving to be an able replacement uh, for that style of game, which is basically hitting 35-foot three-pointers with regularity. And he's got a lot of moxie, taking on the visiting crowds, uh, whether it's uh, Madison Square Garden or Philadelphia. Uh, You know. Two crowds not to be taken lightly. Uh, feisty would be at least uh, a nice word. Um, so that's proving to be great theater. Yesterday they took game one, the Hawks over the Sixers, where Joel B to his credit, played. May or may not have been 100%, but he had gone out in the previous game. James Harden played 43 seconds. Uh, you know, in... Uh, had to walk off the floor, and, you know, that was that. And uh, they won, uh, but the Nets did. But, you know, uh, I think he's officially out for game two, and it should be, uh, and then who knows what happens beyond, especially with groin injuries. So, so tricky. So it's, yeah, it's to see these superstars, the NBA's finest, basically, not at full strength in the playoffs or if in in some cases not playing at all like Anthony Davis uh not good just not good and the NBA can't be loving this that's for sure so now let's take our break and next up will be our weekly call-in expert AP Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well and AP is an expert on Julio Jones having covered him since high school down there in Alabama, and uh, and big trade this weekend, as we all know, and we will get AP's take on the other side. Mm-hmm. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby, to join the show. The call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, John, I'm doing terrific. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, and we have a particularly special topic today, uh, where the the news of the football world, of course, was yesterday, uh, a Sunday trade of Julio Jones to the Tennessee Titans. And AP, you have covered him since high school, so I don't know that uh, many people in the media would know his career better than you uh, through Alabama, through the Falcons, all of it. You've been there. I know you think very highly of him. So what did you think of the trade? Yeah, John, he wanted to go to a team that had a chance to win a title. Tennessee has a sensational running back, Derrick Henry. Um, he's right. He's been dominating the league. And now with the addition of Julio Jones on one side, what is it, A.J. Brown on the other? Correct, I mean, huge. They're going to have a fabulous offense. I mean, Ryan Tannehill just... Yeah, just do not give it to the other team. He's going to be all right. And just 
find Julio right. who can go up in the air, high point, he'll get take the ball away from anybody and just give him a chance to make some plays and then you hand it off to Derrick Henry and then just don't sure make sure you don't trip him when he's in the backfield and you're going to look like the greatest thing in the world as the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. Exactly. If Tannehill can repeat his last two years, specifically even more so two years ago when he just comeback player of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but two massive receivers uh, in A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, and you throw in Derrick Henry and AP, this offense, they're just going to wear out defenses with those with physicality, these are just all gigantic players that are just going to like again. Defensive backfields are just going to be worn out by the receivers, uh, while Derrick Henry is wearing out the front seven. It's going to be crazy. Let's put it this way: unless you're Derrick, I mean, um, Deion Sanders and can guard these people and keep the ball out of the hands, their hands, you're going to have to make some tackles. And I think even if Deion Sanders was playing, he'd be having to make some tackles against these big receivers uh, because they're very physical. And Julio Jones, Sean, you know, I saw him since he's in high school. Right. And he was the best player I ever saw. Wow. I watched him for 12 seconds. I said, wow. This is, uh, he was wearing number 82 in blue, playing for Foley High School here in L.A., Lower Alabama, had the F on the helmet, dark blue helmet, and I watched him, and I thought back to the first time I watched an Alabama practice, and Richard Todd faded back to throw the ball down the field to a streaking number 82 in crimson. His name was Ozzie Newsom. Wow. And I said okay. to myself, this is a kind of a supersonic version of Ozzie Newsom. And uh, Ozzie, of course, is in every Hall of Fame you could think of. I think he's in eight or nine of them, actually. And so I said, after watching him for 12 seconds, he physically and the way he practiced like he was trying to make the team in 95 degree weather in April. I said, I, I can't wait to watch him when he gets to uh, the, the university that he, he will select. And it ended up being the University of Alabama. And I asked him a question that first time I ever met him, and he was uh, just a sophomore going to this junior season. I asked him how much he bench pressed. And he said 300 pounds. And I looked at him, and he's six foot three or so and long and had the uh, outstretched arms and with pretty good length, and I'm thinking, you just don't find people that height and with the long arms that could bench press 300 pounds at any age. And so I know that he was a hard worker. That's a great story, AP. I mean, this is why we love having you on. Uh, you, you know, you have unique knowledge of what is easily the big story of the day and among the biggest NFL stories of the off season and probably going into the season. So. Um, let me ask you this. Did you go over to watch Foley practice because of him? Had you heard about him in advance? Is that why you went at the time? Yes. Yes. I mean, John, I've seen many high school players through the years, and um, I don't try to chase all over the country for every single one, but he caught my eye on a video, and so I wanted to see him up close and personal. And so from wow. that, that point moving forward, I watched him um, – they had a football game televised nationally, and I was there, and he caught the winning touchdown that night. And I asked him after the game about being in a situation where the ball game was tight, and he said he wanted the football. So that's another 
uh, quality and attribute that I admired about him, even when he was young. And that night he actually played a little bit of defense, and I think he started the game off with a penalty because he hit the ball carrier so hard in a fashion that uh, offended the other team. I've been a proponent, AP, of that football should you know, establish a, a referee call that simply he hit him too hard. <laughs> we, we see it all the time where there's penalties, and that's why, but it's never called that. Obviously, it's roughing the right. pass or whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, we all know he hit, he hit him too hard. <laughs> and uh, Anyway, AP, so you know him pretty much on a personal level. Yes. You like him, it, you know, it, oh, good person. Oh, yeah. Oh, Good. yeah. Oh, by the way, John, his, his real name is Quintoris Lopez Jones. Really? That's his real name. That's his real name. So when I wrote the story, I put that out there. I don't think very many people knew. Yes. Yes. And where, how, did, where, how did Julio come into play? Yeah, his mother had some Hispanic friends, and the children could not pronounce Quintoris. Right. So she gave him that name, Julio, and it. That's his moniker since then, you know, Julio Jones. And uh, yeah, I, I wrote in the story that, yeah, and I wrote in the story that someday his name will be like Elvis and other people with that type of celebrity. You're just going to have to say the first name. Wow. That's great. Yeah, I think we're pretty much there. You know, I mean, I'm, <laughs> everything I'm watching in the last 24 hours is, yeah, it's just Julio. You don't need to say any more. He's reached that level, and that's really, you know, you know you've arrived when you're just on a one-name uh, recognition basis, and he certainly he is there. And, uh, yeah. you know, I wish him well. You know, I remember him so well, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, where basically yeah. at the end and the Patriots come back, you know, he made the, the one good play. There on the sidelines, one of the great catches in Super Bowl history. If the if the Falcons yes. win that game, that's up there with Lynn Swan's catch against the Cowboys in '75. It just yes. is because that could have yeah. like, put the game away. And I'll just never forget that play. And I don't think anybody who watched that game ever will either. It was just an incredible, no. athletic. No. Uh, you know, you his size, everything come into play: size, tiptoeing the sidelines, all of it, and uh, it was on display yeah. in the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, John, the verticality, you know, at that time when I met Julio, he had a 40-plus uh, inch vertical, and and that was shown on that particular play. When you're watching the play and you say, I want to see that again, I don't think he's going to make the catch on the replay, but sure enough, he he's in the air, and as you described, it makes that spectacular uh, Lynn Swan-like reception, and plus Julio is very strong, as I described, he's at least six foot three, two hundred twenty right. pounds, and he, he's Julio's kind of on the coy side. He doesn't say very much. I mean, even his commercials that they he's been on TV doesn't say that much, but they Correct. recognize his ability and they they emphasize that his his play in the commercials. I think, but uh, yeah, he's he's a very observant, very observant. He, he you don't think he's paying attention, but he knows everything that's going on around. He just doesn't. Uh, verbalize very much unless um, he's familiar with you as an individual. Correct. Yes. Uh, you know, that that's my observation from afar as well. Uh, AP, were you, you know, uh, clearly he's, it appears he's leaving 
because he wants to win a championship, and it's just not happening in Atlanta, despite the fact they drafted Kyle Pitts. And there's some pedigree there with Matt Ryan and whatnot, but, you know, he's he's inside the building, and, you know, that's what he wants. And that seems to be the reason he wants a championship. We're seeing a lot of that these days. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it didn't get ugly. You know, it went public a little bit, yeah. but he... Uh, you know, it never got ugly, and it just appears both sides handled it, you know, in a good fashion. You, you know, they he got what he wanted. Apparently, the Falcons got what they wanted with the draft picks, what have you. And it would be nice if they're all that way. I mean, you know, it was never contentious, certainly in the public arena. Yeah, no, Julio, uh, like I say, Rarely does he say something out in public right. that exactly. causes any type of friction. So this, he, I, I, he probably had an inkling that it was in the works, and right. he just chose to voice that uh, to the to the interviewer at the time. Yeah, and this is all you know. Yeah, it really kind of did spark out of one interview. I believe it was on the radio, so there was audio to go with it. You know, from him, from Julio, and but it all sounds consistent with everything you're saying about him, the way it unfolded uh, in the past few weeks. And it really didn't last long, really. A couple of no. weeks, I'm not mistaken, you know, from when it first surfaced. Mm-hmm. And it's been a hot topic, you know, right behind Aaron Rodgers <laughs> as the topic <laughs> in the NFL. Right. And uh, he's, that, he's that type of player. He's a game changer. And now oh, he's yeah. with... And go ahead. Go, go, no, I was going to say, John, that... Julio, I mean, he wasn't complaining. He gave no. everything he could to Atlanta. I mean, you Absolutely. look at those statistics, John. So, I mean, 12,896 yards, uh, 60 touchdowns, 15.2 yard average, 848 receptions. I mean, like I said, he's always the hardest worker. You never have to think he's going to be in shape. I mean, that's not even in even a consideration when he comes to camp. I mean, I'll just give you an example, John. When he was at Alabama, they had this strength and conditioning coach that noted for giving out, uh, I mean, mean for um, uh, having tough workouts. Oh, yeah, he's a player, that, that so, coach. Yeah, yeah, so he's at Georgia now as a special teams coach. So, right. but who, uh, Julio, he would breeze through those workouts. The strength and conditioning coach would say, yeah, Julio would laugh at my workouts. <laughs> really? Wow. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's what he told uh, me. That's great. Yeah. yeah, well, I do. I wish him the best. You know, when we're talking game changers, I mean, Julio Jones and Derrick Henry, obviously both Alabama products, you know, those are two serious game changers on you know the field at the same time and ryan Tannehill, i mean has a quarterback ever been more fortunate with two options like that not to mention aj brown but you know to to take every snap knowing you can either hand it to derrick henry or throw it to julio jones again or aj brown again massive target like julio jones that's about as good as it gets (laughs) it just does yeah, I yeah I don't know what else a, an offensive coordinator could desire. Now, Correct. you know, I think the offensive line. I mean, they block well enough for Derrick Henry to get a couple thousand yards, so they must be uh, more than satisfactory. And they no doubt. protect their quarterback. And like I say, just throw it to the the team with the right colors. You're, you're going to be up for all league probably. 
because they're going to do something with the football once they make those catches, Brown and Jones. Exactly right. Yes. When, when they get their hands on the ball, the, then the fun starts. Uh, well, AP, your insight into one of the biggest stories in sports today and really the past two weeks is spectacular. You know, can't get this anywhere else. And I just want to thank you for that insight. But you and I still have a lot more to talk about. Uh, why don't we take our break now? And one of our favorite things of the year that we cover is the College Football Hall of Fame nominees were announced last week, and we're going to talk about that on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more. We'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we spent the previous segment talking about the massive uh, Julio Jones trade to the Tennessee Titans from the Falcons. 
And AP, uh, now we're going to talk about this past week's release of the College Football Hall of Fame, something we love every year doing. And I guess I'm just going to ask the obvious question. Um, is Julio Jones in the College Football Hall of Fame? I'm guessing not because you have to be, if I'm not mistaken, 10 years out of college. Is that correct? Right, right. And I think I'm, I'm not positive Julio is eligible because during that year it was A.J. Green and somebody else. They might have made the first team. And I think I was reading something the other day that uh, Julio did not make the first team. So I don't think he can be in the College uh, Football Hall of Fame. No, I got the release right in front of me. You, It's a prerequisite. You have to have made first team of a recognized uh, yes. All-America, you recognized organization that publishes the for the All-American teams. That would be crazy. Right, right. Wow. Yeah, that, there's a couple players, uh, Joe Namath and Dwight Stevenson of Alabama, both in the Pro Football of Fame, cannot be in the College Football of Fame. That's incredible. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I look, I'm looking right at the rules, uh, and yeah, that, that's just, uh, yeah, that's exactly right. I'm looking right at it. Um, so, wow, that's I, on one hand, I applaud the exclusivity, if you will, of uh, of a hard and fast black and white rule, and on the other hand. Uh, People like Joe Namath not being in the College Football Hall of Fame is practically laughable. <clears throat> yeah, um, and, and Dwight Stevenson as well. Dwight Stevenson right. as well. Right. Yeah. Wow. That, that's crazy. Um, anyway, there's a lot that are. And this year's newest nominees, and there are carryovers from previous years for sure, but Reggie Bush, Andrew Luck, Marshawn Lynch, are kind of the three new names this year, and uh, and Reggie Bush is actually uh, a bit delayed, I think, because of uh, yeah. you know the Heisman controversy and suspension and all that kind of stuff, right. and you know, but then it was you know overturned. He's now back in good graces with USC, and who has to put in the nomination? Apparently, I've learned a lot about like the rules <laughs> and. Uh, Right. And so right. there he is, Reggie Bush. And, you know, hey, what can you say about Reggie Bush? I mean, if he was on TV, you turned it on, you, you turned the channel or you got home in time to watch him. Uh, appointment television in college. AP, to this day, I remember, you know, watching him, you know, coming home and watching him on a Saturday night where he, it, it was against, you know, it wasn't like a Texas or whatever. It wasn't the Rose Bowl or anything like that where he pulled off one of the greatest moves running in college football history, you know, kind of, uh, you, you know, Barry Sanders-like that's replayed to this day, kind of a, you know, a spinorama type play uh, through three tacklers and whatnot. And uh, it was against like a Fresno State or someone along those lines, but it was so yes. there watching that move it you literally got you off the couch oh absolutely yeah i think it was fresno state john and the thing about reggie bush and the voters john that sometimes they're sensitive about these issues off the field and on the field and so 
we shall see if they're going to overlook what happened uh, concerning the Heisman Trophy where he was uh, suspended from uh, being around the USC program for a number of years and they went on probation because of those actions. Uh, and also the fact that there's two other players from USC on the list and in the College Football of Fame, it's an underwritten rule that only one player from the school will be probably a, a selected, if that's the case. And then you get the fact that uh, sometimes the vote will be split. So, but, so that, that'll be an interesting voting process when we find out the results. Good point. Good point. And, uh, yeah, you, you know, and then we have, like, Matt Leinart and Carson Palmer that played with Bush. I believe Carson Palmer played with him. Matt Leinart, certainly. You know, we, yeah, <laughs> if there's any doubt, we all remember the uh, famous push in the end zone against the Notre Dame, right? If I'm not mistaken, it was. Yes. Yes. It was Bush push. Yeah, the Bush push to get Leinart into the end zone in that epic game, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We can never forget that, that, that moment. Yeah, because of the you know, the cool term, Bush push, that added to his uh, fame. And it was, quote, a block or a push, whatever you want to call it. He, he pushed him into the end zone. We all remember that. And so, yeah, it will be interesting. But, yeah, he, he was, as you know, I think a appointment television, whether it's Johnny Rogers, Billy Sims, you know, for me, John Capaletti, uh, although more of a cumbersome uh, fullback type runner, uh, that's who we used to tune into. and But, you know, Reggie Bush was one of those people that, you know, any sports fan went out of their way. You, you know, they wouldn't miss a game of his uh, that was on TV, period. Um, he was that electric. Now, another one who's interesting, Andrew Luck. You know, I mean, I remember him at Stanford uh, very well. I, you know, Pete Carroll, when he coached the Patriots, lived in here in my little town in suburban Boston, and I interviewed him when he was at USC. So I have a great context here between, you know, with Reggie Bush, Andrew Luck, who I believe played against Pete Carroll and the Trojans. I know he did. They were in the same conference, and it was at the same time. And so, you know, I, I've, I've watched it all very closely. And, well, yeah, Andrew Luck, I mean, a generational talent, both in college and coming out, uh, you know, his name's been back in the news AP simply because of Trevor Lawrence, like the best quarterback being drafted since Andrew Luck. And uh, I, I think he'll be a slam dunk, without a doubt. Yeah, I think uh, Andrew, he has a good shot. Um, John, you know, he's a two-time Offensive Player of the Year in the Pac-12, two-time. He was the Heisman Trophy runner-up, uh, Stanford's all-time career leader in TD passes, and uh, won the Maxwell Award, the Walter Camp Player of the Year honors. Um, but, John, uh, something I wanted to bring up, I don't know how you feel, but every time I see this list of, I don't know, 75-plus players, uh -huh. it is the most difficult thing to narrow down the 10 or 11 votes that must be cast because you're seeing all these players and you're thinking, well, should I pick the best lineman out of the group and the best running back? And then the best wide receiver, then the best. I mean, should, how should I do? How should I um, uh, submit my ballot? What was the criteria for myself as a voter? Am I just looking? If I say these three running backs were the best, they were better than the two linemen, or 
or maybe three wide receivers were better than two quarter. Should I vote for all these wide receivers on the same ballot? I mean, how should I um, submit Give me my ballot? You know. Yeah, I, I, that's such I, a good point, I, AP. It's, it's it's so hard. I don't I don't really know what to, I haven't come up with a good answer for myself. I know it's a, it's a tough one, and you know my favorite part about this ballot AP is you know for me it's just it's a, it's a walk down memory lane, going back to my childhood. Literally, you know, I, as we all know, I grew up near Penn State, and you know right now there's three Penn State players on the ballot: Lavar Arrington, Paul Puzlosny, and Steve Wisniewski, and a whole lot of Penn State players are already in the hall. And you know when I read these players, the memories just come flooding back of games I've been to in Beaver Stadium and whatnot. And I'm sure you have the same deal in Alabama. You equal number, probably more players already in the hall or nominated for the hall. And every year there's just these players that are, you know, either on the ballot or new to the ballot that, you know, again, walks down, you know, memory lane my entire sports life reporting it as well as an adult and uh you know maybe it's one-off names whether it's you know michael westbrook making the catch to beat michigan or whatever it is players that you know made one play that made him famous whatever it is um had good careers but one play signature plays so it's wonderful there's just nothing like it uh again i just you know so i look over this ballot and there's like a dozen or two dozen players' names that, you know, put me back in a, I knew where I were, I knew where I was when that play or occurred, that type of deal. So there's just nothing like it. Uh, that's what I love about it. Um, so, yeah, you know, and the last new name, really big name, is Marshawn Lynch. And I remember him at California. Uh you don't see a whole lot of California guys nominated, and uh, but yet no, you know. he, he has certainly turned out to be a unique individual, as we all know. Uh, the famous run against the Saints in the Seattle playoff game, obviously in the pros. But yeah, I remember seeing him in college and thinking like, wow. You know, he obviously then was drafted by the Bills, started his career there. And, uh, and now he's like, you know, the guy who wouldn't talk is suddenly – carving out a bit of a media career, shall we say. And uh, so, he, yeah, so he, he's had a very unique career. That, And he, he entered our living rooms while at California, and now he's nominated for the Hall of Fame. And he has the numbers to get there, AP. That's for darn sure. Yeah, he does. He had 17 100-yard games, and, every, and when he played the bowl games, uh, the Las Vegas and the Holiday, he was the MVP both times. Pac-10 at the time, Offensive Player of the Year, all let him in all-purpose yardage as well. And, uh, believe it or not, he, they had a share of the Pac-10 title in 2006. And Cal football hasn't, um, you know, that's there. There are times that they've won the league is is few and far between. Yes, exactly, and that made him makes him a little more prominent, where he basically led in the elevation of a program with quite a history. You know, uh, everybody knows Cal and Berkeley for obvious reasons. And uh, and he, you know, brought it back into prominence. You know, he's also famous. I mean, it's, it can be the little things, AP, that, you know, make people famous. And, you know, I have a memory of him, uh, you know, 
driving one of the like little trucks on the field after a game. And that kind of, you know, elevated his stature and just made him different. Uh, I forget the exact, but I, I just remembered, you know, one of the little vehicles that will cart an injured player off a field. And when the game was over, they might have won a championship or something. He jumped behind the wheel and was driving it around on the field. and You know, so that little stuff, that helps. Right, you know, the fact right. that I would remember it right. uh, speaks to its, uh, you know, uniqueness, shall we say. So, mm, yes, yes. no, it's fun, AP. It really is. Um, and, you know, tons of other names, to say the least. Um, but why don't we take our final break here? And we'll get to some of those names on the other side as we round out uh, as we round out the uh, College Football Hall of Fame nominees. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your health care needs and reputable health care experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners. 
Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week, going back to how I opened the show for appointment viewing, is the Boston Bruins, New York Islanders, Game 5 tonight at the Boston Garden. It's been a heck of a series so far, uh, and I look for uh, more of that tonight, so it's going to be fun. But AP, we were talking in the previous segment about uh, the College Football Hall of Fame announcing their new nominees. We touched on, you know, three of the headliners, Reggie Bush, Andrew Luck, Marshawn Lynch. But, you know, just to go through the list is nothing short of amazing. We touched on this uh, and, you know, it's just, again, a walk, uh, you know, down memory lane. You know, I'm looking here and I see like Ron Rivera. California linebacker. Speaking of California, we ended with, we were talking about Marshawn Lynch, so I'd say he's an appropriate place to start. I mean, he's getting up there, AP, as somebody who has had, you know, I think it's time for the NFL Network to do a football life on him, because, you know, now we have a guy who obviously is nominated for the College Football Hall of Fame. I'll just read what they say. 1983 consensus first team All-American Lombardi Award finalist in 83 and named East-West Shrine Game most valuable player. Selected as Pac-10 co-defensive player of the year in 1983. Led team in tackles from 81 to 83. So from there, AP, he goes to the Bills. He's part of the great 85 defense. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, defense in NFL history. Then he goes to coach the Carolina Panthers. The Bears, yes. Mm -hmm. Chicago Bears. Of 1985, he was a member of that yes. spectacular, memorable defense. And then he goes on. He ends up, you know, coaching the Carolina Panthers, takes him to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton. And then he leaves not all that long ago, just a few years ago, uh, and ends up coaching the Washington football team and uh, shall we say maybe the all-time example of a team in transition, <laughs> you know, and then you get to COVID and then he had, you know, right. serious, uh, he was diagnosed with cancer and yeah. he fought that like no other. He never missed a practice, if I remember correctly, while getting chemo. And we all remember not that long ago, I think we're talking months uh, sometime last year where he walked out of the hospital, the famous scene of all the nurses cheering him, him ringing the bell, that type of thing. So, boy, AP, again, if I'm the NFL, I'm putting together a, a football life one-hour-long show on him because cause he's a wow. And, oh, by the way, just to punctuate it, against all odds with everything going on last year, you know, he uh, – took the Washington football team to the playoffs. He was, of course, the coach with the Alex Smith injury. He managed that. He was, the, you know, he put him back on the field to give him one more taste as all of us, like, kind of covered our eyes every time anybody got near Alex Smith when he returned last year. And, uh, and AP, to punctuate it for me, what I remember is a Wednesday afternoon watching the Washington football team go into Pittsburgh Steelers 
on a Wednesday afternoon due to COVID, obviously, and beating the Steelers, giving them their first loss of the year, and basically wrecking their season. And, uh, and let's also not forget that it was the Redskins and Ron Rivera who basically uh, who gave the Tampa Bay Bucks basically the toughest game. I mean, the Packers game was obviously tough too, but the Packer, you know, the Redskins stood a real chance with that backup quarterback of beating Tampa Bay early in the playoffs, and it would have ruined the, the Tom Brady dream, shall we say, uh, miracle. So that's, what do you think, AP? Ron Rivera, that, that quite a career when you walk through it. Oh, yeah, outstanding career, and, and he had his moments as a coach as well, but he was a tough linebacker, and to come Real from tough. the University of California, yeah, it's, it's one of three. You know, Tony Gonzalez is on this list, and we spoke about Marshawn Lynch, so that's three California players. So, like I said, it becomes very difficult sometimes if you have three on the ballot. It's really right. uh, strategically how, how you try to promote each player. Uh, from, Bears. from the different yep. schools and universities, yeah. So uh, that that could be an issue. Now, if you get some voters that maybe say, well, I'm going to pick half offensive players, half defensive players, maybe that works out in his favor. Uh, John, I just want to let the people know that there's some good news coming out of Alabama for the University of Alabama, but not so good news, I think, maybe for the rest of college football. Uh, to some degree, Nick Saban signed another contract extension until uh, 2029. Wow. Through another decade years, yeah. of Alabama dominance, right? <laughs> Pretty well, much in the uh, bag. In contention. I, I always tell people in contention anyway, but, but, but anyhow. So, but just, just getting back to Ron Rivera, yeah, he's, he was a special player. And, and, John, it's so difficult to pick these players, but I'm thinking that Maybe some of the people who have a ballot, maybe they take half offensive and half defensive, and then somebody like Ron Rivera would have a chance, I think. Correct. Absolutely. No, fascinating. I'm glad we kind of walked through it. I mean, he's just an example, AP, of like if you just – his name just literally popped off the page because we were talking about Marshawn Lynch, and they both went to the same college, University of California, Golden Bears. And all of a sudden, I just off the top of my head started walking through his career, and I was like, holy cow. What, how fascinating is this? And it's relevant, and it's now. Like, it's a now. And here we are yes, with the Redskins. Right. Yeah, with the Redskins. I mean, again, let me emphasize this. The ultimate team in transition, right down to getting a new name. <laughs> Need I say more? Right. Uh, we all know what's going right. on down there in D.C., and Ron Rivera's managing it beautifully as much as he can as the coach. And so I think it's just, uh, you know, he's a unique lifer, shall we say, uh, in the NFL. But obviously, it's all started in college, you know, which is what we're talking about. AP, you're good. You just beat ESPN because they're just now flashing. Nick Saban receives three-year <laughs> contract extension as Alabama head coach breaking news. So, hey, that's impressive, AP. Good job. Mm, thank you. Thank you. We've had quite a day here in Alabama. I'll bet. Julio Jones and Nick Saban, yeah, two two of the yeah. bigger names in the program, yeah. No doubt about it. Well, it's time to close out the show. I'll end it by saying if Nick Saban was a stock, I would be upping my investment. And if he wasn't invested already, <laughs> I'd be creating the investment. <laughs> That's what I call a growth stock. Right, right, sure is, absolutely. He's, he's, he's kind of like maybe that, uh, what is it, Berkshire Hathaway or... Uh, yeah, I don't know if I said it correctly, but 
Yeah, it's, it's a high value, but it's still, it's still going up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's still going up. No doubt about it. Exactly. It's That's big news. I mean, boy, like really big news. Um, a bit of a wow, you know, given age and all that. And, uh, you know, not that he's old, but, you know, he's not getting any younger either. But, yeah, wow, 2029. That, that, again, you said it perfectly. Big news, breaking news, good news in Alabama. Maybe not so much, uh, but you now the chase is on to, you know, who can take them down? And it's going to be, the, the, that adds a different type of element. So we'll watch closely, but AP, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for calling in. Your expertise on Julio Jones and Nick Saban here at the end is just, uh, it's priceless, and we're fortunate to have you. Hey, John, you're very kind. Thank you very much. It's always my pleasure. All right, and as always... Thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.